The story we're about to share is a little different from what we've released before on True Story. Instead of a big open mic party in someone's living room, this was told around the dinner table at a gathering of close friends and family. And it was recorded on a smartphone without special equipment. We're excited about branching in this direction, getting stories from smaller, more intimate events, because the people you see every day, your close friends and family, they carry incredible stories. And those stories are worth sharing with the True Story community. So we've decided to write another guide to submitting stories to the podcast. For those of you who don't already know, we have one guide for throwing a full-fledged True Story party, and you can get it by going to truestorytime.org slash join. This second guide is called The Dinner Party, and we want your help while we make it. You see, one important element of a true story party is a theme. It doesn't matter if it's a big party or a small one. A good theme jogs people's memories for great stories. It gets their wheels turning. And so we're asking you, the true story community, to send suggestions of great themes for story parties. Tweet them to us at True Story Time or contact us through our website. We'll choose our favorites and add them to the new guide to hosting a True Story dinner party. And if you're interested in getting your hands on one of these guides, just go to truestorytime.org slash join. Now on to this week's story. It's told by a man named Steve around a dinner table somewhere in East Texas. Story time. All right. Well, I believe it was last August 28th. I believe it was the day before my birthday. <laughs> and we had, we had gone to dinner and we came home and we had had a power outage and the power was back on but we had lost air in the back half of our house which included our bedroom so in August you're lucky if it gets to 89 degrees by midnight so we happened to recently acquire a new bed for our bedroom the old bed was in the garage, so we drug the old mattress into the living room to sleep in the living room where it was cool. My wife woke up, unbeknownst to me, and heard a scratching sound. And she decided it was the ice maker in the kitchen, because we weren't accustomed to sleeping in the living room. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, the, the car alarm went off on her car, which was parked in the driveway, which was right outside the window about 20 feet from where we were sleeping. So I immediately jumped out of bed and ran to the window, and I said, I can see the guy. And I saw this fellow limping. There was a street light, and he was silhouetted. I could see him sort of limping running. It wasn't a nice gait. So I knew if I could get out of the house quick enough, I could catch that guy. <laughs> I had to put on some britches, shorts, and I ran out the front door. No shoes, no shirt, and off I went running uphill on the asphalt, and I was cooking. But I didn't see him anywhere, and I got tired after a couple hundred yards, and I got up toward the Hannah's house, and I see this guy in their driveway with what looked like a headlamp and they had some construction going on and I had no idea what time it was so it might have been almost daylight and maybe it was a worker and so I asked the guy I said are you working here 
And he looked at me, and I realized he was talking on his phone, and that was the light was shining on his head. And he says, why do you ask? And I knew right then that was the guy. And I said, you broke in my wife's car. And he says, I'll pay you back. And then he, oh, then he took off running. <laughs> so I had the angle on him, and I took off running. And right about the time I was going to catch him, there was a tree, a sizable tree. So he was going to have to go on one side, and I was going to have to go on the other. So I grabbed his collar right before we got there, and I pulled him toward me, and he hit that tree right in the face. <laughs> And he didn't fall down, but I had hold of him. I said, you're coming with me. And then I looked, and he had a spike in his hand. It was one of those railroad spikes, about 12 inches long, which is what he was, had been using to break in the cars. And so I grabbed it, and we, a tussle ensued, and I could not get it out of his hand because he had, he had the head of the nail in his palm, and I couldn't get it out of his hand. So I let go, and about that time, I realized what I was doing. And so I, <laughs> so I just kind of backed away and I yelled down the street, call the police, call the police. And I'm screaming down the block. And there's nobody anywhere. No, no lights come on, no anything. I'm yelling, call the police to anybody and there's nothing. So I started walking down the middle of the road and he started walking down the side. And we went up old Jacksonville Road, which is a big street. He went up to Broadway, which is even larger. And one car came by, and I'm out waving around in my shorts with no shirt and no shoes, and they turned off abruptly. <laughs> <coughs> so my feet were killing me. My feet were raw from running up that asphalt. And I followed him and followed him and followed him. Finally, I ran into CVS and told him to call the police. And he took off down 6th Street by Rick's house. And I didn't see him, so I just sat on the curb nursing my feet. And the police came and picked me up <laughs> and took me back to the house. And I got out of the car, and my wife comes up and kicked me. <laughs> she wasn't having She saw me run out the front door about 45 minutes before, and that was all she knew. <laughs> but then I found out he had, they broke into about six cars down the block and over, and one of which was... Uh, the senator's son-in-law, or brother-in-law, and they stole his telephone. And he had a hunting buddy, and they had a program on their phone to locate so they knew where each other were, were when they were hunting. And so they told the police that, and the police were monitoring the phone, or they were monitoring and talking to the police. And on Monday at noon, they got turned on the phone, and he was at Burger King on the loop, and they went over and arrested him. There were, the TV station called and came over, and I agreed to talk to them because I wanted the neighborhood to know, you know, be aware of what was going on. And we went down and looked at the tree, and there was blood on the tree. <laughs> You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, 
Take the hands that open up a life that's led is something gold. I've been alone. I've been so. Long.